0: welcome to restaurant influencers powered by entrepreneur magazine and yelp my name is sean walchef founder of cali barbecue media in life and in the restaurant business and in the creator economy we learn through lessons and stories today's guest is matt plapp the ceo of america's best restaurants we are filming in florence kentucky matt welcome to the show
1: welcome y'all (laughs) <laughs> That's what we'd say the water tower out there says y'all so I had to put it on you.
0: Welcome y'all Matt uh, This is a, a random question that we start every interview with where in the world is your favorite stadium stage or venue
1: favorite stadium stage or venue Wow, I, I love the Pittsburgh Pirates Stadium. Okay, And I'm not a baseball fan but I just like the location of it the rivers The atmosphere, the food selections,
0: beautiful. So Pittsburgh Pirates, we're going to go to that stadium. I don't know how many it seats. I'm going to assume 50,000 people, but we are going to find the best hospitality professionals globally, and we're going to put on the best conference that has ever been put on for restaurants. So literally we're going to convince entrepreneur, we're going to present, we're going to convince Toast, our title sponsor of this show, why we need to put on this conference. And I'm going to put, put you on the pitcher's mound at Pittsburgh stadium, raving fans ready to go. Who is Matt Plapp? What is he doing? Two minutes. So everyone that listens to this show, you need to have your own two minute drill. What is your two minute drill? Who is Matt Platt? What is America's best restaurants?
1: Matt Plapp first is a husband to Christy father to Paige and Cole. Uh, After that, I am a business owner and entrepreneur. I'm the CEO of America's Best Restaurants. It's a company I started in 2008 and has transitioned from a local marketing firm in the Cincinnati area, helping small businesses. My first clients were helping them with Facebook in 2008. I'll never forget my first conversations, people telling me Facebook was for their 13-year-old, why would my company need to be on it? Guess I was ahead of the time, on accident. And we evolved into 2015 becoming a nationwide marketing firm helping restaurants. And our acronym is attract, build, retain. How do we help you attract the attention of restaurant consumers who should know who you are or already do? How do we help you build a database of them with their permission on text, email, social media, birthdays? And then how do we help you retain them from a standpoint of keeping their attention? Because I didn't keep my wife's attention for one or two nights. I kept it for 26 years. Yeah, And that's the key to a successful business. Isn't what you do today or tomorrow, it's what you do in a year, two years, five years, 10 years.
0: So what we do on the show is we talk about smartphone storytelling. We talk about why it's so important to tell your story online because no one else is going to come and yeah. tell the story of your restaurant, the story of your technology, the story of your hospitality business. We got to a point where people were ignoring our brand, Cali Barbecue, and I started leaning into social. That's why we created this show, Restaurant Influencers. That's why we have technology companies like Toast and Pop Menu that support this. When I started finding your content online, what stood out to me were the lessons from the stories that you were telling you care about all the things that we talk about on the show. You care about social media, you care about TikTok. you care about Facebook, you care about podcasting, you care about blogging, you care about mobile first website. But one of the things that resonated with me and what I hope listeners and people watching this find out is let's talk about a CRM. Why is a CRM so important when we're talking about a restaurant tech stack?
1: So I can't operate. I can't talk about it from the restaurant's perspective because I've, Never been a restaurant owner. I plan on opening one next year so we can have one to test here locally, everything we preach so we can practice it. But from my standpoint as a consumer, it does a couple of things. Number one, ironically toast. One of my favorite restaurants that I order my smoothies from and acai balls in Northern Kentucky, when the pandemic hit, when they to walk in anymore. And before that, they didn't have online ordering. When the, when the pandemic hit, they had to figure it out quick and they did. And so for me as a consumer, it enabled me to get what I still wanted and I eat there four days a week
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I love it cause I'll sit here in my office and Logan from the team will pop his head around the corner and go, Hey, you want better blend? And I go, yeah, I'll pop on their website and I'll order food and we go and get it and we're back here. So to me, it's a seamless transaction. It's easy to give them my money. Uh, there's a couple of restaurants. I won't mention the name and they use old technology, Mm -hmm. like point of sale from like the Al Gore internet days. (laughs) And it's not easy to order from them. It's not intuitive. doesn't suggest to sell correctly. My data is not stored. My payment. There's just a lot of weird things. So from a consumer standpoint, I might leave and not order with them. The other aspect of it for me is keeping data. I think one of the biggest atrocities in restaurant marketing and small business marketing is they don't actually know who their customers are. And point of sales are a way, a key way, to gain customer data. But it comes down to eliminating one question out of your, out of your repertoire. How are you doing? It's not one thing people ask you to walk into business. Yeah. You don't care. I walk in, if I'm a consumer walking in a restaurant, I don't care how, they don't care how I'm doing, I don't care how they're doing. Not to be mean, it's just, it's a nuanced question. Turn that into a question that gets people into your point of sale, into your loyalty, into your app, whatever you're doing. And I think the point of sale is the key mechanism that triggers that conversation.
0: So it's really interesting because we're, I'm about to go to Chicago to talk at the National Restaurant Association about this tech stack. And what we said is we want to simplify the tech stack. And the more that we analyze what do we do at our own restaurant, with technology and how do we incorporate the things the principles that we talk about with it's great to tell your story on TikTok. it's great to tell your story on instagram reels but then what do you do with that information like what do you do with that database and what full transparency is cali barbecue has partnered with america's best restaurants to start to tap in to all these different resources all of this technology that is all around us but can you give me this bridge analogy of What are we doing with all this technology? Where is it going and how can we really cultivate this? What, what we're building?
1: So I heard this analogy a few years back and I've heard it in a couple of different variations, but the analogy I heard that resonated with me and I use it locally is we've got the Ohio River separates northern Kentucky from Cincinnati, Ohio. There's four or five bridges that you can cross to get a, over the other side. Imagine if 50 to 100 years ago, the people building those bridges built one halfway across and went, ah, Let's do another one, did the second one, ah, let's do another one, but never got across the river. And so now you're sitting here looking at Cincinnati. And if you drive off, you're falling in the water. That's what I have seen a lot of businesses do. And so one of the things we're trying to accomplish with our company is I've noticed a few big things. Number one, independent operators don't have the financial resources or the ability to have experts in-house as a marketing department. Just don't. You're unique in that you've got enough people with the Cali Media team, Cali BBQ Media, that they have an expertise. But a lot of restaurants don't even have that. So we wanted to be able to be a resource to people from that standpoint. But also, we wanted to be people that could help them untangle the web of their tech stack. Because I've seen it. I've seen restaurants. I had a conversation the other day with the owner of a restaurant, 18,000 plus emails, in their online ordering that he downloaded into a CSV. Never done anything with it. And he's like, man, I, I need some help. He's like, we've got our online order. We've got this loyalty program. We've got our point of sale. We've got you guys coming on board. We've got an old email list and, and I can add a million more things to it. I even made a comment to him. I said, you've got your Gmail account. What do you mean? I said, You're, you guys use Google for your company email, right? Said, yeah, yeah. Everybody you send an email to the last 20 years is in your sent box. Those are people that for some reason or another have contacted you yep. that probably potential customers that you can be marketing to. And so I look at it every, all these businesses, all these restaurants have number one, the last couple of years, a huge hand, uh, you know, huge round of applause to restaurant owners that have adapted and actually pulled those triggers. You know, when Isaac at better blend didn't have online order and he didn't wait a month, he figured it out within 24 hours of the pandemic hitting and had the next day I could still get my, my acai bowl. Yep. And so he, I was joked that restaurants two years ago were 20 years behind in technology. I'd say now they're only 10 years behind because there's a lot of things that Matt Plapp was doing 10, 15, 20 years ago that people still aren't doing. Same, you've seen it as well. And so that half built bridge analogy is that yes, you've got data coming into your point of sale. What's happening with it? You've got data coming in from third party. What's happening with it? You've got data coming in from, you know, some type of technology like Ovation with reviews. What's happening with it? And then on top of that, Is it duplicated data? Are these people getting hit five or six times or are they not getting hit at all? And so one of my visions with what we do is helping to identify where these these bridges are coming and have them finish one bridge to go across that river instead of having places everywhere.
0: Can you tell me about how 600 customers can transform a restaurant's P&L? Because so much of what we talk about, why we care so much about this show is creating different streams of revenue. Yep. Having someone like Sam the Cooking Guy, who has 3 million YouTube followers, come in and talk about how he's able to leverage that online restaurant influence to impact himself. Yep. But what I love about what, not only what you do to help restaurants build their influence with social storytelling, you also talk about digital marketing. Yep. And that digital marketing is, restaurants that are in business already have a community that loves them. How do you tap into that community that already loves them?
1: So. Couple things on the 600 story. This came up because I was getting frustrated talking to restaurant owners who thought some miracle of a hundred thousand customers was going to solve their problem <laughs> that, Hey, I, I got to build an email list. That's ten. I had a guy tell me, Matt, next 12 months, I got to build an email list. 10,000 people strong. Why 10,000 people? I don't know. It just to him, it seemed like a number. And so I started breaking it down and I said, you realize it only takes, 600 customers and the reason that that number came from was I was looking at the average average check of this company I said, all you need is 600 customers to deeply deeply love what you're doing and take a hold of your brand and come do more business with you and he goes 600 no way and so we had talked about it and then ironically I was at a food show speaking in South Carolina like four or five months later and I said it there this guy goes 600 customers it make a difference so okay every number of times somebody eats at your restaurant and he was like 30 like so a couple times a month. Yeah. So if I took 600 people and got them to either come brand new six times, frequent customers six more times or maybe spend more money on those six visits or somebody that hadn't been in a while because we know the pandemic changed traffic patterns of people working from home, not going to the office, you know, different things. Get people that quit coming to come six times. So if I took 600 people and created six incremental visits per, that's 3,600 visits. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but if I take 3,600 visits times $40, the average check at Cali BBQ, it's going to equal six figures. Yep. And when you look at that, the key element is it's incremental. That restaurants that I love locally that don't have my information, like I use Walt Titching posts, I use Barleycorns. I'll eat at those restaurants every damn week. But I don't because I'm not influenced enough by their marketing. I'm not influenced enough by their marketing because they don't control the key elements to reach me my birthday, my email, my cell phone. They don't control what I, you know, having me pixeled, having me in the algorithm of engaging with their Facebook or Instagram. So by not having that, they're not able to drive those 3,600 visits. And that's a big problem. I come from the background of the boat and RV business. When I got out of radio, me and my dad and brother started the dealership. It was not an option. When somebody walked in our front door, there was not an option. It was non-negotiable. You get their information no matter what. And we would make stuff up. I'd tell employees you have free will to do whatever. I remember one time Richie Young's like, "Hey, you need to join the birthday program." What's that? You got a gift on your birthday? Sweet. Gave them all this is handwritten back then. Yep. We had lead cards, and they asked questions: Do you hunt? Do you fish? Do you camp? Do you ride ATVs? They went into we used ACT, which is probably I don't even know if it's around anymore. it Was antiquated back then, but it was what we had. Yeah. And this is in like 2002, 2003, so 20 years ago. But we did that because I, I knew that the key to our success wasn't selling that guy an ATV right now. It was selling him an ATV now, selling him a boat in a year, selling him a camper in two years, selling him another ATV in three years. The success Cali Barbecue has isn't from you selling me a barbecue sandwich once. Yep. It's from me buying a barbecue sandwich every week the next five years. It's from me bringing business colleagues in for lunch. It's from me coming in and getting this free peach cobbler offer like you have and saying, hey, I want to try this peach cobbler and me having it one time and going, damn, this is good. And guess what happens every order after that incremental purchase, of peach cobbler. I tell the story of La Rosa's locally. It's a pizza brand locally that I've grown up with. It was franchise now, but it started off as a mama pop by La Rosa. They had a cookie promotion years ago where you got a free cookie with this. I think it was a new loyalty program they launched. So I went in my wife and kids and we got our cookies and I remember getting those, co- I didn't think of the roses for cookies, a pizza place to me, it just, I didn't tie it in, but they were great cookies. Yep. The last five to seven years, you know how many damn cookies I've bought. <laughs> I bought 27 the other night for, we had a company picnic, i uh, event here a ping pong party and we had 27 cookies. I looked at how many people were here. I'm like, I'm gonna eat like forties of damn things. So I ordered 27 cookies. They didn't get that ROI right away. They got it over five, six, seven years, but they also got it because they offered me something to get me to take another action. And so that's a key element. When you talk about the storytelling part of it, retention marketing comes in many ways. I'm not a fan of people putting a post on Facebook and saying, Hey, come to our mother's day brunch. Hey, come get your super bowl party catered with us because people don't care about that stuff. What I'm a fan of is when the owner of the restaurant gets on their phone and says, Hey, what's up? It's Matt. Mother's Day's in a couple of weeks. I want to see and hear about your memories of you and your mom. My mom's special to me. I'm going to tell you a story right now. Do me a favor in the comments on this post, drop a picture of you and your mom. I know you got one in your camera roll and a couple of sentences about a special memory you share with her. Because it's screw celebrating moms one day in May. Let's celebrate them for two weeks, for three weeks, whatever. That right there all of a sudden starts a couple hundred conversations. We had a client that had 700 comments on a Facebook post about mother's day. I saw a local restaurant did their mother's day brunch post. It had two likes and a comment. So if you start conversations with people and you get 700 of those, those 700 stack up yeah. and I guarantee you the number of people that engaged in that, that turned around to their wife and went, Hey, this restaurant sounds good. Yeah, that's what happens. And so to me, Conver- the, the piece that people have really missed in marketing, especially digital media and even email and texting is the word conversation. You know, one of our sales guys said recently to a customer, I heard him say on the phone, he said, you know, the reason your marketing on Facebook's not working for your brand is everything you post is an advertisement. Facebook wants you to pay for advertisements. So organically, it's not going to give you any juice. They, they can see all the text. They can see that it's a TV commercial repurposed for Facebook. But if you get on there and use your smartphone and tell a story and introduce, this is Mike Smith. Mike's one of our chefs. And every Thursday night, Mike gets two hoagies, a two liter Mountain Dew, and two large pizzas with some French fries. Mike, why do you get that order? Take it on my family. Oh, you got, well, how many older are your kids? 12 and 14. So you like that and that? Well, you know what? We got the Mike Smith special. Mike Smith special tonight, $29.99, and every Thursday night, because that's what Mike does. We're going to celebrate Mike and his family every Thursday. I had a client that did that, called it the Tim Miller special. It was full retail. He just took the price off the menu, Amazing. added it up. People were coming in every day, and that, it was a Thursday, and asking yep. for the Tim Miller special. It worked like clockwork because he was creating conversations, telling stories, and relating to a different part of the customer's brain because they've blocked out the advertising.
0: And a quick break from our Restaurant Influencers show to welcome our newest sponsor, Pop Menu. As a current restaurant owner myself, I know the constant phone calls can get in the way of serving guests in the restaurant. But not answering your phone means that you are losing out on potential customers. Forty two percent of restaurant guests will eat somewhere else if their call is missed. That is why we recommend Pop Menu answering. Pop Menu Answering is powered by artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions most people call in with, like, do you have outdoor seating? What are your hours? Within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guest hears, plus, create customized greetings. Pop Menu Answering picks up your phone 24 7, 365 days out of the year plus pop menu answering helps you gain insight into what potential customers are typically calling about turning every call into an opportunity reclaim the power of your phone now with pop menu answering and for a limited time our listeners get $100 off your first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com/influencers go now and get $100 off your first month to learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com/influencers. And now back to the show. We have people all over the nation that listen to this podcast actually globally now because of entrepreneur and because of Yelp and because of Toast. Um, we want to teach them the tools that will help them win to start sharing their story. Yep. What I love about what you've created is that you're trying to do the same thing with America's best restaurants. What's the vision for America's best restaurants. And if someone's listening to this, what do they do to get their restaurant yeah. on this new show that you've created? So my vision 2018, as I was traveling the country,
1: my first do not 86 year restaurant sales, I spoke at a few conferences. And I had a few masterminds I held with restaurant owners. And the one thing I saw then that was amplified in the pandemic, was that restaurant owners don't do a good job of telling their story. Today we talked to a gentleman here, not a restaurant owner, but David Klug of Allie's Walkabout. Allie's Walkabout came from his daughter walking dogs in their neighborhood. And by the time she was like 14, she was making six figures watching dogs at her parents' house.
0: That's an incredible and now un- it's a incredible a, entrepreneurial Now story.
1: it's a multi seven figure business yeah. that her mom and dad are part owner with her. This sounds like she was 13. Those stories aren't out there enough. And I used to always jokingly say, the other avenue of that was imagine if, you know, the popular TV shows, Diners, Drive-ins, I have Guy Fieri was at Cali Barbecue featuring you and said, hey, I wanna show you something. I think we could help fill some gaps in your marketing. You would know, without a doubt, listen to Guy. Yep. So I told my company, I said, we're, we're one of the best marketing pr- services providers for independent restaurants in the country. We need to have more people know us. Also, we're good at telling people stories and restaurants aren't telling their story. What if we created a local, locally grown concept called America's Best Restaurants where we travel the country and with our host tell the story? So instead of having Matt, because originally it was Matt Plapp. And I realized that in order because my vision was, you know what? I would imagine there's somewhere around 100,000 awesome independent restaurants. Yeah, Might be more, might be less, I that's a number. I did some analyzation, figured that there's.
0: We think there's more. Probably
1: there's probably more. more. And so I said, what if I could travel the country and tell their stories? Well, then I started doing the math on how it would take me like 30 years for Matt Plapp to make an impact. So I said, okay, let's take Matt Plapp out of the equation. And I looked at Luis on my team, Ryan on my team, Doug on my team, Griff on my team, me, let's share the duty. Let's just, we want the owner to have the spotlight, not us. And then also instead of creating a network that a show that went on TV, let's create a show that goes on their channels. Yep. Let's bring America's best restaurants. Cause if I, if you hadn't heard of America's best restaurants and somebody called you and said, we want to feature you guys on America's best restaurants. You've been identified as one of the best barbecue restaurants in, in San Diego. Instantly you'd be like, so America's best restaurants and yeah. you're consumers. We had a restaurant the other day that their Facebook post, they put up announcing that we were there the day before 1500 people engaged in that post Their the most successful post they've had ever. None of those people knew what America's best restaurants was, but the name speaks. True. And so, from 2018, 19, I had this vision I wanted to do. Didn't do it, because honestly, we didn't have the money. I had americasbestrestaurants.net, they known .com, I couldn't afford it. I didn't have the IP lined up correctly, the intellectual property, I didn't have the trademarks. We weren't structured to do it right. 2020 came, I saw the pandemic, and I had my tech team do some research on the clients we worked with that were doing exceptional versus the clients we worked with that weren't excelling. And these are, almost identical types of restaurants same neighborhoods all the factors were the same the thing that stood out was telling the story was that the restaurants that were dominating were the ones that were actively involved in digital storytelling Yep. and i said that what's better to digital storytell than that restaurant being interviewed by Luis or doug from america's best Restaurants? so we launched it we bought two mercedes vans the goal is to have two more this year i want to have ideally 15 to 20 in the next five years positioned around the country to where we are a micro station that is on the iphone on the digital phone on the tablet that goes around and tells the story and we created americasbestrestaurants.com from the consumer side is you go on there now there's a map it's orange and blue orange is the states we've been in we haven't been in many, all the states yet and our goal is to create a listing on there and be able to offer the restaurants a place where there's no reviews it's 100 percent their story the only reason they're on the site is because we've vetted them. Yep. I don't need consumers to tell me this barbecue restaurant messed up their kid's birthday party two years ago. We've done the process of vetting the restaurants and know that this is an independently owned operated store. The restaurants inside, the owners inside the four walls consistently. They, the staff gives a shit. The food is amazing. The atmosphere is cool. There's some uniqueness about it. And my goal is to eventually in the next five years, get all of those restaurants on there and have vans around the country that go around and capture that story and create a brand, because it, it. I've had friends of mine, they're like, dude, what you thought of is genius, because it speaks America's best restaurants. I mean, it says it all. Yeah. And then the other avenue of that, to be selfish on it, was one of the reasons it came up was, I, I used to joke, what if everybody knew us like they knew Guy? Guy's on there, he's got a TV show, they have advertising money, he has a $40 million contract, I think is what I heard recently. We don't have that. I want to get that authority and say, hey, we have a marketing side that whatever needs your company has, whether you want advice on how to integrate your POS with your email service provider, we'll give you free advice. Mm -hmm. But if you want to take it to the next level, we've got a trusted marketing department that can be your at-large marketing services. And so I figured, well, if we want to kill two birds at one stone, I want to create my own media channel that'll funnel credibility to the restaurants, put us out there as a business but then at the same time create a place that consumers can find places in their neighborhoods that they could eat at weekly.
0: So one of the things that's so important for me, which attracted me to the work that you were doing is that you're not scared to share your own story. Matt Platt is a brand. America's best restaurant is a brand deep work studio where you do your media content is a brand for someone that's listening to this. Why is it important for them to step out behind their logo?
1: it's just who you are. I'm amazed the number of friends of mine that have businesses. I had a friend the other day. I saw who's like a restaurant guy, got a great restaurant. You wouldn't know he owned it if it wasn't for, you know, working in the business or you knew his employees and knew who's the owner doesn't wear it. Doesn't drive it. Like my cars have my stuff on it. My cars match my color brand. I wear orange shoes, orange shirt. The MP logo is pretty much everywhere I exist. Uh, it's important to eat, sleep, and drink your own brand for a couple reasons. Number one, it shows ultimate trust in what you're doing to your employees. Yeah. We all preach about employee. Hey, man, tell your friends, tell your friends. You're not telling your damn friends. Yeah. And so if they see you doing it, they're going to follow the leader. The next step is it creates a pride, a level of pride with the brand, with the product. Then all of a sudden, customers are proud to be behind it. One of my goals with this logo, it looks like a fist bump, the MP that we created, I guess maybe four or five years ago now, was I eventually want that to be a sign, a, a, a brand, a gear that entrepreneurs wear. It's orange. The fist bump is universal. And now it is more than ever, but it's like hit the rock. And it happens to be an MP, kind of covert. But I wanted to create something that stood for something. Energy, uh, love, happiness, fun, drive, and You have to do it every day. And if you don't live your own brand, why should customers support you?
0: So every week on Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, we do a Clubhouse call. And people that listen to this show, they come and they participate in Clubhouse and we do a social shout out. So Andy Jones of At The Cafe Hustle podcast, we'll put a link in the show note. He's been showing up to Clubhouse, he's been participating, he's been reaching out. What kind of advice would you have to not just Andy, but anyone that is going to get into the podcasting game, this audio storytelling game, video storytelling, we just launched my third podcast, your third podcast, own their phones, which we'll put a link into the show notes as well. What kind of advice would you give to anyone that's listening to the show? Also Andy on the podcast game,
1: be sincere, be from the heart, make it about the guests to me. Like I, I, my goal is to interview people in most of my episodes. I've done a couple by myself, but my goal is to do it with somebody else to kind of tie it back. Like I had a banker in a couple weeks ago and he's a local banker. And the context of it was, dude, during the pandemic, I was constantly getting hit up by restaurant owners for advice on PPP loans. And I don't, I'm a marketing dude. Like, why are you calling me? Yeah, I was the most knowledgeable person they knew because they had seen me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, doing podcasts with people from the restaurant finance world. And they knew me, so they reached out. And I had Lytle Thomas on from First National Bank, Kentucky. And the reason I had him on was, one, to give him some love. Two, I think restaurants need to work with local bankers more often and create a relationship. But number three, I wanted him also to give me his opinion on how how does that conversation happen with the right person? Because you shouldn't have been calling Matt Plapp. You should have had a trusted CPA, a trusted tax advisor, a trusted banker, a trusted attorney that's a hell of a lot smarter than me. And so I think podcasts are a great way to develop and cultivate those relationships, and also connect with your customers, because yes, you're a restaurant owner. What post did we see on your Facebook page that got or Instagram that got massive engagement?
0: (laughs) My daughter. Your daughter. My daughter at the Chargers game. You're also a dad. Yeah.
1: You're also a husband. Yep. And so, yeah, you can have a podcast about a restaurant. That yeah, you're a pizza joint. You're a bar. You're a deli. You're more than that. You're a place the community goes to gather. You're a place that supports local sports teams. You're a father. You're a dad. Put those things out there, and I think that's what—if you put that behind the podcast—and don't worry about selling anything. Yep. The last thing I think about on my podcast is, okay, I need to do an episode that'll get people to buy something, because <laughs> if you do that, you just lost.
0: Yeah. So what's uh, what's your favorite digital playground? Where can people interact with you the best?
1: So I'm unique in that my team interacts on my platforms more than me.
0: I appreciate the honesty. So I I read you have a team. So let's not forget that he's investing as a business owner in his team and he's giving his team the tools to drive you. And I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for you podcasting, if it wasn't for your team reaching out to me, you coming to Cali barbecue, going on your show, you coming on my show, incredible things can happen when you're playing the game within the game. So what's your favorite digital playground? Where can people interact with you the most
1: cell phone? So eight, five, nine, seven, four, three, two, four, zero eight. It's my and cell phone and I, I'm game for any conversation on there. Text is the easiest way to start. And if it makes sense to hop on a call, we'll hop on a call and go from there.
0: So this is entrepreneur.com. So that's going out to the entire globe. Feel free to text Matt. You heard it here. This is uh, restaurant influencers. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Stay curious. Get involved. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S H A W N P W A L C H E F. That's Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, anywhere on the internet, or you can email me, Sean at CaliBBQ.media. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you, America's Best Restaurant, the entire team out here. Um, really love what you guys are doing. Can't wait to see somebody that's listening to this show right now. Be on America's Best Restaurant. That's what that that'll that'll be amazing. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam the Cooking Guy, Stacy Kinney, Jeff Alexander. So many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about toast please dm me at sean p walchef s-h-a-w-n-p-w-a-l-c-h-e-f i will get you the link to the right toast contact in your market it's so important that if you listen to this show that you win we want you to be on this show eventually Let us know that you heard the show. You heard about Toast, you implemented Toast. You did a Toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your Toast story with us. DM me today to learn more. And be sure to check out Toast.